All right. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Amen. Father, we thank you for this time together. Pray that you would speak to your people. Pray none of me, but all of you. Grant unto me your son and your slave supernatural utterance, that I may boldly make known the mystery of the gospel. I pray, Father, that you would minister to your people, Father. I pray that these young people will get a get a, a heart and a desire to know you. And I, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that this weekend will be a life encounter with the living Christ. That they will walk away from this weekend knowing you better, understanding their purpose better in Jesus' name. I thank you that the enemy is defeated. I thank you that there's no accidents will take place this weekend. I thank you that no weapon that is formed against us shall prosper. Father, we thank you that you've given your angels charge over us to keep us from all hurt, harm, and danger. I thank you, Father, that they are ministering spirits sent to minister for the heirs of salvation. And God, I thank you, Father, let your word come forth in boldness and clarity and in power, bring about conviction, cause those who are not saved to be born again, those who don't know you as, as the healer, make yourself known as the healer, Father, as the deliverer. Oh, God, I pray that you'll fill us with your spirit again and again, Father. And I thank you, Father. Give us a voracious appetite for the word of God and the things of God. Father, I pray that this weekend will, that we will truly be plugged into the living and true vine. And Father, I thank you. I praise you. I worship you. Young people, I want you to lift up your hands. I want, you to, I want you to use your words, take the next few moments, no music, but just the next few moments, and I want you to speak well of your Father. Father, we worship you, and we bless your name. We thank you, Father, for you are awesome. You are awesome in this place. You, your name is majestic. How majestic is your name in all the earth. Father, we give voice to your word this morning. Father, we speak well of you, Father. We join the elders around the throne of God, and we worship you, and we declare your holiness. We declare who you are, for you are good, and your mercy endures forever, for you are mighty. Father, you're greater than anything that we're facing. Father, you're such a big God, and we bless your name, Father. We bless your name, and we glorify you. We thank you, Father. We praise your name. Jesus, we give your name glory. We give your name honor. For your name is, there's no other name under heaven that men can be saved. And I thank you for that great name. That name that destroys the yokes of the enemy. That name that delivers us from the, the highway of hell. That name that is able to bring us peace. That name that is able to cause us to be reconciled to the Father. And we give your name glory and honor in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for everyone here that you will grant unto them the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, that the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened, that they may know what is the hope of your calling, what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I just want to give honor to the pastor and uh, all of your pastors. Thank you for inviting me. Um, it's such a blessing. Thank you. Two water. All right. <laughs> that means I'm about to preach double, right? <laughs> um, 
thank you for all the leaders inviting me and welcoming me. Um, it's just a wonderful thing. I, I, for years, when I was youth pastor, we did camp retreats every um, Labor Day weekend. And um, we would have anywhere from 50 to 300 people ministering to them the whole weekend. And, and so I was thinking um, that we won't be in a way, because some camps, it's just like, there's nothing. <laughs> you can't even get a Wi-Fi, nothing. But um, thank God for it here. <laughs> Amen. Um, and then sometimes the bathrooms are outside and so forth, but y'all don't know anything about that. <laughs> but um, I'm here to celebrate with you the 29th anniversary. That's a long time. Come on, give it up. Amen. My prayer for you this weekend is that you will come to know the Lord better. That if you don't know him, we pray that you will know him before the end of the weekend. Yeah. That Jesus, the living Christ, would invade your world. How many you know that God wants to invade your world? Yeah. He doesn't want you to be the same. You should be the same a year from now. Are, am I talking to the saints? You should be constantly growing in grace. Constantly uh, being transformed. And as we're going to look at John 15, the Father takes delight in, causing, uh, delight in our fruits, the fruit that we bring forth. God is in the business of making himself known to his people. God wants to make himself known to you. First and foremost, through the living word of God. Second, through his spirit. So I have a passion to know God. Everything about me, I got saved when I was four years old. My mother was a single mother. She had me at 17 years old. My father was about 21. He could have went to jail. <laughs> um, and they got together. For whatever reason, they got together. And, and the Lord saw fit for me to be born to my mom. And she, shortly after I was born, she was saved. She got saved. The Lord saved her. She was going to Arkansas. I'm originally from Arkansas, so you may hear my accent come out. Um, and um, how many know there's a difference between Arkansas and New Jersey? <laughs> so when I moved from Arkansas to New Jersey, I was in culture shock. Because I went to an elementary school where I was the one of, uh, one of 12 blacks. And I was used to going to um, the store and people looking at me. And I felt obligated to buy something because I didn't want them to accuse me of stealing. And to this day, I feel like I have to buy something when I go into the store. Of course, my budget is limited. <laughs> and so is my wife. My wife's like, no, you're not buying anything. You can go window shopping. Um, come on, y'all can laugh. <laughs> uh, just kidding. Um, so, so my mom had me at four years old. and. She was going to Arkansas, she was in high school, then she decided to go to Arkansas State University where she was majoring in nursing. And she met this wonderful woman of God by the name of Gussie Turner. And this woman of God, she used to have a Bible study on Thursday night in our home. And in her home, um, people, men and women, specifically women, used to come and sit under the word and she would begin to teach the word. And my mother, she, she was a counselor at the college. And my mom was invited by her to come to the, the Bible study. And it was in that Bible study that she was born again. My mom was born again. And um, she grew up in all her life in a Baptist church. The name of our Baptist church was called First Baptist. Um, it, it's the oldest, in, in Donesburg, Arkansas, it is the oldest black Baptist church in the town. And so my mom got saved and filled with the spirit and God began to change her life. And then so she wanted to impact me. And so she came home excited about Jesus, and she began to tell me about Jesus. And at four years old, I made the conscious decision by the grace of God to acknowledge the Lord Jesus Christ and to ask Jesus in my heart, in my life. 
And from that moment on, I, by the grace of God, I've never backslid. I'm 43, and I've never backslid by the grace of God. And at, at, at the age of six or seven, I was baptized in water. I went to the lake, and, and they baptized me in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit under the authority of the name of Jesus. And I was baptized, and I began to get on fire for God. I, was, I just had a desire. I didn't know how to sing. I didn't know how to play. But I used to get my little friends around um, the neighborhood. I had a little blanket out in my backyard. I had a little guitar, and I began to sing, This is the day that the Lord has made. And began to lead them to the Lord and pray for many of them to get saved. This is, I was seven and eight. And then the Lord saw fit for my mom to get married, and we moved to New Jersey. We moved right to Trenton, which is such a difference from where the little town I came from. You know, we say, yes, ma'am, yes, sir. We, I went to Trenton, they was like cussing out the teachers. I said, whoa, <laughs> this is different for me. And you know, back in Arkansas, and back in the day, not now, uh, we used to fight, but we would make up at the end of the day. But in New Jersey, when you fought, you fought to hurt somebody. I was like, oh, I'm gonna be fighting here. <laughs> Uh, and so um, then my mom ma married a wonderful man of God, and, 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 and they were connected to a wonderful Baptist church, which was my uncle, my step-uncle, and we began to go and, and get involved. And then my mom and dad also started a Bible study, just a community Bible study. It really was a Bible study for the family. How many know that you should have a Bible study with your family? Amen. Amen. And if your mom and dad are not doing it, you start it. Sit down and say, Mom, we're going to pray. We're going to read the Bible. Even if you don't know what you're talking about, let's just read John 3, 16. Let's just meditate on how much God loves us. And then uh, my mom and dad began to have this Bible study. And then after that, after the Bible study, uh, I, I, I began to invite my teachers. I was in a junior high school, and I invited my teacher, and one of my teachers got saved, and her life began to change. And then I got I developed a ministry called um, Back then, in the day, y'all don't know about this, but little cassettes. That was cassettes. And so I had a tape ministry. So I would make gospel music, and I would pass out these gospel tapes. All right? Um, and, and back in the day, um, I was kind of like the first person to have Christian rap. Um, and so um, I would make some Christian rap music. And at the time, the whinings and commission was real big. And, and so I would put the, their songs on there, and I would pass them out. And to this day, I've met people over the years, people have talked to me through Facebook and said, thank you for that tape. That tape, God used that tape to save me. I said all that to say that God will use you wherever you are. You need to open up your mouth and you need to begin to share the gospel. And let me tell you another thing before I get into my message. Um, I also begin to have a Bible study for myself. So I begin to invite all my high school friends. And, and my little living room in my parents' home, I, I invited about 30 kids. They all sat down on the floor. I began to teach the Bible. I didn't know what I was teaching. I mean, I can imagine, you know, somebody had to correct some of the things I taught. But I just, I just wanted to be used by God. And so from that moment to this, I've been serving the Lord. I started out ushering. And then the Lord called me to be a youth pastor. And I started out, I was a youth pastor at one church with one kid. And I would preach like it was 10,000. And then as the Lord saw fit, that youth group grew to 15. I thought I was doing something. 15 kids, yes. And most of them I had to bribe with, with, with dessert. <laughs> Say, hey, come to this Bible study. Come to this youth group. I'm going to give you some cake. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and so I would pick, pick them up in my little blue tours, you know, make a couple trips, and I begin to teach, begin to teach. And many of them came to the Lord. And then the Lord saw fit to move me to another church, 
And I was just as a, I was just a member. And then all of a sudden, the youth director stepped down, and I just stepped up. And then they asked me, "Would you take it over?" So I took over the youth ministry at Agape. It was between anyone between 25 to 30 kids. And the youth ministry over a period of 10 years grew from 30 to 400. And we would have events. And one time we had an event, there was 10,000 people that came to our event throughout the week. And it was just like, I was just humbled by the grace of God. And the Lord began to give me favor with drug dealers in Rawway. Some drug dealers would stop by the the office and begin to talk to me about Jesus, begin to talk to me about their need and how they want Jesus. I'm telling you young people, God wants to use you where you are, yeah. but you've got to do something. Yeah. God is not going to use you with your mouth closed. Yeah. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Amen. So I want to give you three points prior to my message. Alright? I, I didn't intend to share my testimony. I rarely share that, but there you go. Um, the first thing, in order to get the most out of this weekend, the workshops and the general sessions, Number one, you need to pray that God will open your eyes. Ephesians chapter 1 talks about verses 15 through 22. It's that, that that's the prayer I prayed earlier, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will grant unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened, that you may know what's the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints. And so you need to pray for your eyes to be opened. This is a time for God wants to get your attention and open your eyes. Number two, you should mix your faith with the word that is preached or taught this morning, of this weekend. Don't only hear the word, but believe what you're hearing. Receive it as the word of God. So in order to get the most out of the weekend, you need to pray for your eyes to be open. And number two, you need to mix your faith with what you're hearing. Hebrews chapter four, verses one and two, says that um, the children of Israel did not enter into the promised land or into the rest of the Lord because they did not mix faith with what they heard. So you got to believe what you're hearing that, that, that is going to apply to your life. And last but not least, you got to put a demand on your attention. I know some of you all are tired. You came in late last night or you got up early this morning for morning glory, which by the way was incredible. Amen. Um, you got to put a demand on your attention and say, you know what, I'm going to sit here and discipline myself to hear the word of gospel. I'm going to make myself stay up. You know, you can stay up if you want to. I don't care how tired you are. You can, if there's, a, there's an ever point, whether it's a final or whether it's a favorite movie or whether it's Empire or Scandal, something that you should be looking at, you'll stay up. I'm telling you, make yourself stay up and to receive the word of God. Because you know, one word from God can change your life. Hallelujah. This weekend can set you up on a course for the rest yeah. of your life. Yeah. 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 One word from God, one scripture, yeah. one illustration, yeah. one God can change your life with yeah. the scripture. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm here to tell you, you need to put a demand on your attention. Whatever value you place on what is said is what you'll get out of it. Let me show you this in scripture. Mark chapter 4. Get your, have, get your Bibles. Let me see your Bibles. Never ever come to a camp retreat without your Bible or church. Mark chapter 4. Why, why should we come to, come to church without a Bible? Because we need to check what the preacher is saying. That's right, that's right. Mark chapter 4. You got your iPhones or your smartphones. Uh, Mark chapter 4. Let's take a look at verses 21 through 25. It says, and he said, I'm reading out of the English Standard Version. And he said unto them, is, is a lamp brought 
took it, brought in to be put under a bush basket or under a bed and not on a stand. For nothing is hidden except be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. How many of you have ears? Or ears. How many God has blessed you with the ability to hear? Let me see. How many ears do you have? Come on. Two. And how many mouths do you have? So you need to listen twice as much as you do. Right? God gave you, gave you one mouth and two ears, so you need to pay attention. The Bible says, let him that has ears, let him hear. Verse 24. And he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Still more will be added to you. So if you pay attention to what you hear, give full attention to it, God will give you more than what you're hearing. Yeah. The latter part says this, for to the one who has, more will be given from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. So if you don't pay attention to what you hear, what you do have will be taken away. Amen? So let's go to John 15. That was my intro. I got like 15 minutes, right? No, 15 minutes, John 15. So the entire weekend, I'm going to be covering uh, John 15, verses 1 through 8. Um, I'm going to start with the first two verses, first three verses, and then we'll pick it up the next time I speak. Verse 1 says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. All right, let's take a look. Let's take a look at this. Just trying to make sure I don't go over my time. Um, Jesus is what? The true vine. So my title to this this morning is Unplugging from the False Vines. Unplugging from the False Vines. So the theme is, are you plugged in, right? And so in order to be plugged in, you've got to unplug yourself from some things. Before you come to Jesus... You gotta repent. You gotta divorce sin. You gotta turn your back on, on Satan and his kingdom. Jesus is the true vine. God the Father is the vine dresser or the gardener or the husbandman. Jesus is quoting from Exodus, I am. Exodus talks about how Moses went to before God and says, God, God, God was sending Moses to uh, Pharaoh and he says, Who should I tell? Who should I say who sent me? And the Lord said, I am that I am. And so Jesus turns around in John, John 15, verse 1. He says, I am. So Jesus is declaring who he is. Who he is. He says, I am. I am. So who is Jesus? Before you can be plugged into Jesus, you've got to know who Jesus is. Amen? Who is he? He's the son of God. That means that he's the divine son of God. There is no other. He's the very unique son of God. He's not like sons and daughters of God like we are, but he is God manifested in the flesh. He is Emmanuel, God with us. He is El Shaddai, the God who's more than enough. He is the Prince of Peace, the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father. He's the lily of the valley. He's the seed of the woman, according to Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. So we see who this Jesus is. He's not just a little Jesus. Jesus, by the way, is not your homeboy. He's not your homeboy. He's greater than your homeboy. And many times we sing songs, I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. 
But if you don't do what he says, you're not his friend. So be friends with God is to be enemies with the world. The world will not love you. The world will not embrace you when you're a friend of God. The Bible says in James, am I going too fast? The Bible says in James that, um, that Abraham is called the friend of God. He believed God, and God imputed his righteousness to Abraham. And so, we got to know who Jesus is. Jesus is what? The way. Notice, he's not a way. He's the way. It's, it's, a, it's a definite article. The way. He's not a way. He's the way. So you can't get to God the Father unless you go through Jesus. You can't go through Allah. You can't go through nature. You can't go through your friends. You got to come through Jesus. Jesus is the way. He's the truth. What does that mean? He's not a truth. He's the truth. Definite article. The truth. He is the reality. The Bible says that he that believes or uh, believes on the Son or has the Son has life. And he that does not have the Son has not life. So Jesus is the truth. So if you really want to know what truth is, just look to Jesus. He is the reality. He is God's perspective. What is truth? Truth is the reality of God. See, many times we have our different perspectives. And in today's society, they say, whatever you believe the truth is, that's what the truth is. If you believe you're a boy and you're really a girl, then that's your reality. But the truth is that if you're a male, you'll be a male forever. If you're a female, you'll be a female forever. And it does matter what you are. God did not make a mistake. It wasn't like he, before you, your mom and dad got together and, and, and God who, who brought, breathed life into your body, all of a sudden, oops, I, I accidentally put a girl in a male's body. Oops, oh, sorry. It was not like the angels were doing a similar line and they accidentally something actually happened in there. That, that is not reality. I'm not saying that those feelings are not real, but God is more real. Amen? Yeah. He's the realest. <laughs> he, he's, he, so truth is God's reality. It's not just God's perspective. It's God's reality. And the Bible says the things that we see are temporary, but the things that we don't see are eternal. So the things that you're looking at is only going to last for a little bit. Guess what? Your friends are only going to last for a little bit. The friends you have today, you may not have five years from now. And if you're in high school, 10, 15 years, you may not ever know what that person is. So don't seek to be popular with humans, but be popular with God. Amen? How do you be popular with God? By receiving Jesus. Amen? And so Jesus says, I am the life. You know, um, there, there's a movie called The Walking Dead, right? How many of y'all look at The Walking Dead? Of the fear of the walking dead. Well, there are a lot of people who are walking, who are walking dead. They're, they're dead men and women walking. They're not alive. The Bible says when Jesus saves us, we become alive to God and dead to sin. But as long as you're not saved, as long as you're not plugged up with the true vine, you are dead to God and alive to sin. You're not living until you have met the master. And when the master comes in, he brings his life inside of you. You remember John chapter 10, verse 10? Jesus says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and life more abundantly. So when Jesus comes inside, he brings his life. Amen? How am I doing on time? Just let me know. Just say, hey, <laughs> give me five minutes. I'll give you five minutes to wrap up. 
All right. Um, and so this, this scripture says, I am the true vine. So we got to know who Jesus is. Jesus is the one who died for us. He's the one who died for our sins. So in order to believe that, you got to believe that you have sinned. But how many of y'all sinned just, just this morning? Complained about, oh boy, we got to get up. Oh boy, we got to sing this song. Oh boy, I'm so tired. I just want to go swimming. I just want to eat. Oh God, please. And you complain, murmuring. That's what you said. It. Um, oh, you know, maybe mom and dad says, okay, take out the trash. Oh boy, why did I got to take out the trash? I mean, I'm not your maid. Or what is this teacher? What does she think she is? Are gossiping or talking about somebody online. You know, a lot of people lie. A lot of young people, young people lie. They lie for no reason. I got ten thousand dollars. Oh, really? Oh, you should see my stuff. Okay. Um, but you must understand who Jesus is before you can truly plug into Him. You got to know who Jesus is. Amen. That is the question of all times. Who is Jesus? Who do you say that I am? You must be clear in your heart and your mind who Jesus is. You can go to church, even come to camp retreat, and still not know Jesus. There are a lot of people who stand before him in that great day and say, Lord, Lord, I did all these things. I went to camp retreat. I came to church. I sung, I sung in the choir. I was on a praise team. And the Lord says, I never knew you. Depart from me. Wait a minute. What do you mean? Depart. I I I I, I, I read my Bible sometimes. I I, I I said a prayer, but there was no change. You can pray and still not be changed. You can read the Bible and still not be changed. It takes God's grace changing you on the inside, all the way on the outside. And if you're part of the true vine, there's going to be some fruit in your life. You know, see, I don't understand people who say, I'm saved, but I don't like going to church. Maybe you're not saved. I'm saved, but I don't want to read my Bible. See, I love Jesus, but I don't like religious institutions. I don't like organized religion. How many have heard that? You're not connected with the real Jesus. You made your own Jesus. Because the Jesus that calls us to himself calls us to his people. When I got saved at four years old, I couldn't wait to go to church. One of the ways my parents uh, punished me is that I couldn't go to Sunday night, which is not right. Don't do that when you get older. Don't, don't do that. If you have, do not do that. But it would just tear me apart. You need to do your homework. But I want to go to church. Listen, when you get saved, you want to want to be around God's people. Don't say, well, there's a bunch of hypocrites. Guess what? Look in the mirror. You're a hypocrite. Yeah. I'm going to tell you how you're a hypocrite. The word part goes, goes off. Mm. You know, you say things. I'll call you later, and you don't call that person later. Uh, you tell that teacher, I'll get my assignment into you. I'll email you, and you don't do it. You're a hypocrite. And so don't look at the church. We're just hypocrites. Don't do that. Don't, don't say that the church is full of hypocrites. Amen? I'm going to submit this to you. The dangerous place in the entire world is to think that you're plugged into Jesus and not be. That is the most dangerous place you can ever be, is to think you're saved and you're not. I, I'm telling you, it, it pays to pay attention to your salvation, to examine yourself, to see if you're really plugged up. Lord, am I plugged up? 
Now, with true salvation comes assurance. But if you don't know if you're saved or not, most likely you're not. Because when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to bring a witness that you belong to God the Father. And your spirit will say, Abba, Father. That's natural. See, the world calls him God, but the child of God, the Christian, calls him Daddy, Father. Father God. Jesus taught his disciples, pray like this, our Father. That's natural to the Christian. Our Father. So when you're plugged in, you'll say, our Father. Because the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells on the inside of you, and that spirit is crying out, Father, Father, you want to know what the Holy Spirit is doing? He wants to make you more like Jesus. That's his mandate. It's to guide you into all truth and teach you who Jesus is. Amen. You can, you, you, you can mentally agree with the Bible and not have true religion. So this scripture says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. My father is the vine dresser. What does it mean to be the true vine? He's the true vine. That means there's false vines. I'm going to give you some examples of false vines, false religions. When you believe in something other than what the Bible says. Um, also, your friends may be a false vine that you connected with. It's amazing how people will choose a stranger over their family. <laughs> Say, oh, I love this person, but your parents don't approve of that person. Uh, Pay attention to that. There's a reason why they don't approve. I remember I brought this young lady home to my grandmother, and she did not like her. And I'm like, Grandma, you mean, you mean, why are you doing that? I love this woman. I want to marry this woman. And my grandma's like, something's wrong with her. Later on, I found out something was wrong with her. <laughs> Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. It could have saved me some money, because I paid her rent a couple times. I sent her flowers. It could have saved me some money by listening to my grandmother. I'm telling you, you want, you want to get your parents involved in your life. Don't choose a stranger over your family. Because your parents and your family know you better than you know yourself. And while you're in love, they're seeing reality. Amen. They can, they can, they, you know, one thing your par our parents got going for them? They're older than us. They've been on the earth longer. Saved and unsaved. They got something. They live this long, they, you, we better listen to them. We better listen to them. Don't think that you get your little degrees. I got three degrees. Trust me. I got, I'm, I'm trying to work on two more. I listen to my mama. What, what you think, mom? Something ain't right. Something ain't right. Listen to that. Amen. That's for somebody right there. Listen. I'm the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. And, and, and we must make sure, we must not be connected with false vines. Well, another false vine is money. Believing that the money will satisfy you. Money will not satisfy you. Amen. I mean, sure, God, God promised to meet our needs, but he never promised to make us a millionaire. But there's nothing wrong with you being a millionaire. Just don't lose Jesus. Make sure Jesus is the center of your life. Now, there are some millionaires who, who believe in Jesus and millionaires who believe in Jesus, but we're not to seek money. We're to seek God and his purposes. Amen. Amen. Don't make your career a false vine, thinking that let me get this education, let me get this, I'm on a career path, and this is where it's going to give me life. Or even your family can be a false vine. See, these false vines are not producing life, but death. 
What and who are you plugged into this morning? It does matter who you are connected with. In order to be connected with the true vine, you must unplug yourself from the false vines. Yes. So this morning, I want you to judge yourself, examine your heart to see who you're connected with. Who has your ear? Who has your heart? Because whoever has your ear has your life. Join me stand. Father, I thank you that Jesus is the true vine. And I ask that you do surgery this weekend and unplug those who are connected to false vines. Lord, though it may be hard, though it may be difficult, I pray that you, you would perform surgery and unconnect us, unplug us from that which is not producing life. If that means that we have to delete somebody from our phones. If that means that we, if we have to block somebody on Facebook or social media, Lord, we are willing to do what we don't want to do. We are willing to hear what we don't want to hear. God, I ask you that you unplug us from the world system and connect us with the truth by in Jesus' name. Amen.